Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name's Liam. I'm the owner of PH Nutrition. And today I have two guests with me. We have Coach Chloe. Chloe, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Hi, guys. How's it going? Very good. Thank you very much. And we have Rob Stubbs, who is a PT and coach. So, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Fantastic. So, the title of the podcast is... Is the cost of getting lean worth it? And we, our two guests today are hopefully going to dive into the well, their, their journey, as well as the pitfalls, as well as the misconceptions, but also as well as the positive things that they've learned out of getting down to single-digit body fat. I think, Rob, you got down to single digits, didn't you? Yep. So just give us a bit of a, just to start things off, mate, just dive straight in and just give us a little bit of an overview of what you actually did when you got right down to, to getting very lean. Well, I had a competition prep for six months and it was actually my second comp prep. My first one didn't go too well, mainly just because newbie into the industry, listening to literally everyone telling me what to do, all these different ways of getting lean and just, yeah, just didn't get in the shape. I didn't give myself enough time either. So second time round, after a massive bulk, shall we say, got <laughs> nice, nice and uh, fluffy. Nice and I plump. Decided, yeah, very <laughs> plump indeed. Plump and strong. Um, <laughs> I was able to then give myself a six-month prep going into a natural bodybuilding show. And for me, it was a really, it was the direction I wanted to take my training at the time because the competition I did just before that was a fitness model one. Okay. And for me, that, I just wasn't the fitness model-esque really. And especially when I look at myself back on site, it just, I just felt really awkward. Whereas for me, natural bodybuilding, was based on exactly the the physique that you're presenting and not necessarily like the outfit that you're wearing or anything like that. It's more about the graft that you've put in and obviously being put up against everyone else. So yeah, what, six what, prep, which was, what, what uh, were the differences? Sorry, Rob, what were the differences between their fitness and bodybuilding comp prep? What's, what's the difference? So, so fitness, the fitness model competition was, it was a Miami pro one. So this is back in 2014, I want to say. Yeah. And um yeah, so it was it was more not necessarily looking for the lean like the dry 
non-achievable look. It was kind of like the fitness model front cover of your magazine. Okay. Kind of looking like lean, but also being able to carry it off well. Yeah. And I didn't do it too well, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> did you Did you have a coach for either of these or did you do it yourself? The first one didn't have a coach. No, I was listening to many different people kind of giving me ideas and giving me tips on how to get lean. And that was that time it was a real chicken and broccoli and okay. you know, fast fish, fish and rice cake. Fish and rice cakes that, that works because <laughs> this is like this is back in like 2013, that's 2013, 2014. So around that sort of time. And the second time I said, right, because it was a six month prep, I had got a coach. Yep. And yeah, that just took away all the stress of everything. Yeah. And what what body fat did you get down to? Did you measure it? I mean, our body, we had one of those in-body machines at the time and yeah. it was down, it said around 8%, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, here's what it is. It's, it's, I, was, I was as lean as I could possibly get. Physically be, yeah. yeah I just say, I just, I just say that because there's a bit of a kind of term out there. I want to be single digit body fat. Mm. I want to be low 10%. And actually even to get to single digits, it's incredibly challenging. You know, like it is really, really hard to get down there and it's probably even harder to maintain it, which we'll come on to uh, a little bit later on. Mate, thank, thanks, thanks for that. We're going to dive straight back into that. Chloe, you're currently doing it. Like Rob historically has done it, but you're currently in it. Just give us an, uh, an update of where you're at at the moment with, with your journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I started my prep in January, mid-January, and my first show was June, first week of June. So like Rob, it's a long, it's a long prep. You actually do need the time. Mm. Like you, you need that time to get to those levels of body fat. But even at my first show, I still, I have another show coming up in I think about eight, seven or eight weeks. So I'm kind of still in prep and I'm still kind of trying to get leaner for the next one. And then hopefully, you know, I have a few shows coming up at the end of kind of August, September, and I will be trying to kind of just chip away still. So I'm kind of in the process at the moment. So yeah, that's, that's where I am with it. I don't think people quite realize the length of time yeah. that it takes. Mm. I think for me, like you knew, said six months, people would go, oh, wow. Like, mm. you know, that, that, that's a long time to be, you know, re quite relatively strict with your diet for 90%, 95% of the time. It, it, that's a real kind of like eye opener for me when I have been talking to a few people that have been doing it. So, so Rob, just talk us through a few of the maybe kind of bigger changes that you had to make to your diet, like maybe walk us through a day just to actually give us an insight in terms of what you actually had to do. I said chicken, rice, and broccoli. Yeah. But yeah, really talk us about some of the changes. Well, to be honest, back then, so in 2015, there was still the approach of probably going closer towards like six meals a day. Yep. And my coach at the time, he, he was quite relaxed with certain things. So what was quite good, you know, I had... Um, the standard breakfast, I think it was like protein and oats. And then I like the lunch would be like, say, chicken salad kind of thing, just get a nice little volume. And dinner would generally be whatever it was. So I had a meal plan to follow. Mm. And then every every week I'd potentially have a refeed or I'd have like, depending on how my physique was changing, it might be like a 400 calorie free meal or it would be something like that. So because generally it was a real whole foods diet for most of the time. And that flexibility would come in the, that 400 calorie or 700 calorie, you know, free meal. Like even yep. my refeeds were like, you know, rice cakes, quite relatively our whole foods in a way to kind of help me with energy level stuff. Because as you do start dropping that body fat, it just takes it out of you. And, you know, especially yep. being a PT as well, the type of hours that you're doing, 
it's not conducive to a bodybuilding prep at all. Yeah, I, when you said like it's not conducive, it, I think it's not conducive to anybody's lifestyle. It's really hard, isn't it? You yeah. have to make some big shifts. Uh, and you, you were following that for six six months. Like, and yeah. was there ups and downs, changes in terms of the calories? Like, or like, so you got a strict meal plan, and did you adhere to that? Yeah, so I started out at around, if I remember rightly, it was about 2,900 calories, I think, 2,900 calories. And by the end of it, I was around 2,400, 2,500 calories. And my, so for the first three months, everything was quite, so I was given a training plan, but as a PT that kind of thinks they know their body better or something like that, that was kind of a bit, I did my own thing on a lot of that. I bet you did. Back in 2015, I bet you was like, young Rob was like, yeah, yeah, I know better. Yeah, so, but I've followed a lot of the principles, but then when it comes to the cardio side of things, that I was to the T. Where I was told, I did, because for me, the training was just to maintain the muscle that I had and to kind of, and also for enjoyment, but the the cardio side of stuff, I was like, right, that's my energy output. That's what Mm. he wants to make sure he's sticking away. So he has some comparisons. And for the first three months, I was to the T and it was a, it was a bit more high intensity cardio at the time. So I was doing a bit more like sprints and intervals and I weren't necessarily doing it fasted. I then had a stag do, which was hot at the halfway point, exactly halfway. And I said to my coach, like, look, I'm going to go a bit wild. I've been off the diet. I've been on a diet for three months consistently. And I did come back though, the following Monday and was straight back on it for the final three months. And yeah. that was then when my cardio shifted to more of a steady state. And I was then walking a lot more outside rather than inside in the gym or the treadmill. So I was also getting a bit more of a, a better like mindset towards the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what got me into nice. like walking outside in general and like the benefits of being outside rather than on a treadmill. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think obviously we've got to remember there's two ways to create a, def- a calorie deficit, isn't there? We can reduce our intake and then you can increase your output, but we can't be smashing ourselves all day long. So a huge part, you know, talking to Chloe, a huge part of getting in into this kind of levels of body fat and this lean is steady state cardio. And it's relentless, Chloe, isn't it? Like you, you're doing, you know, you, quite a lot, like quite a lot yeah, most days. Yeah, an hour a day, uh, six days a week at the moment. And then... Also, I have 10K steps as well. Um, so lot, it's quite, it? But like, it's the kind of thing, it's 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 funny. I feel funny talking about it sometimes on things like this because people tend to look and they go, that's what I need to do to get lean. And it's like, no, that's just me as an yeah. individual mm. and based on my calorie intake and all yep. that kind of stuff and where I want to be. So it's, it's so individual. But yeah, you do end up doing a lot of walking on the treadmill, but it's great because at the moment I've got Love Island to watch on the treadmill. So I quite enjoy it at the moment, walking uphill on the treadmill in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to do something exactly. when watching Love Island. But sometimes I'm like, I look at my, you know, steps, like you say, God, I'm doing an hour's cardio, but you're also doing your bodybuilding training on top yeah, of that, so aren't you? Yeah, so at the moment so, I do the morning you know, and then we... the morning cardio and then the evening I go back and do my weights at the moment. Yeah. So we're talking about the impact on impact on family, impact on socializing, impact on your work. You know, it's a real undertaking. I think, you know, when we're talking about is the cost of getting lean worth it? Like if you've got a family, if you've got, you know, work commitments and stuff like this, adding this into it or, or having this as a goal, I think you really got to evaluate. Have you got the capacity to be able to do this? Because it's not just about restricting your food. You know, you've got to, you, you're not going to get in that shape if you just restrict your food. You've got to put the stimulus through your body from training and you've got to be able to do these little extras 
to get this lean. So doing that amount of cardio for me, I was like, sometimes I do like 2,000 steps, sat on my desk like a little old man, you know, like, you know, and it's, and it's like, let alone doing an hour's cardio on top of like an hour's training on top of 10,000 steps, you know, it's really challenging. Like I say, it, it, it's the thing, like, socializing wise, how have you managed to, to, to navigate this? Is it, has it, has it had a, had a big impact? It has actually had quite a big impact on my kind of social life and stuff. Like, bodybuilding is is quite selfish it forces you to really reassess where you're putting your energy because it's not even obviously with your meal plan like I'm similar to Rob I have a meal plan um and again I have so sometimes I've kind of gone out for a meal and tracked the calories because obviously we have calories on menus now so it's a bit easier so sometimes it's you can fit these things in but a lot of the time it's actually the energy you expend like when you are deep in that prep and you're when you are that lean your energy is so low. Like even just walking sometimes to the bus stop to get the bus mm. to the gym is is a challenge. Um, but some days you feel great. So I find with mm. socializing, it's actually the energy you're expending, go, getting out to see people and having conversations and being switched on it can be actually really challenging. And I think mm. I'm like, right, I need to get the bus. Yeah. So I need to take a snack. So I need to make sure I don't like fall asleep on the bus or something. Like it can get to that point. Um, yeah. But then... <laughs> Also, just be a bit picky with what you do. Obviously, you know, I haven't been, you don't go out drinking or anything. There's times I've kind of sat with friends who are drinking and I've had like a Diet Coke or something. So there are ways around it. It's just, you just have to reassess everything a little bit and be very choosy and selective with where you spend your time. Yeah, it's, it's really hard, isn't it? Like it's for that length of time. I think I think I can do it for like you know two three four weeks. You could be like, cool, I have got a bit of a clear run with my social social calendar. Less so when you're a, when you're a dad, but um, it, it, I can do it for like that amount of time. But you see, for that undertaking of six months, it's a real thing. Like, wow, you, you've you've got to you, you've got yeah. to really invest. Um, you both you both talk about refeeds there. Yeah. Sorry, before we go on, you both talk about refeeds, Chloe. You mentioned it rice cakes there, Rob. My refeed. <laughs> Tell the story when you sent me the picture of your. Whatever refeed you had, it's my peak week. I had like that was that was your peak week. So this is the most amount of food well, you made to have. I think I had. It was a whole pasta rice cakes, it, wasn't it? I think it was a hundred and twenty grams of rice cakes. So it was, yeah. and I was like, oh, one hundred twenty grams. Cakes. Is that much. And then a rice cake weighs like one gram, doesn't it? <laughs> Not quite that, but I think it was a whole pack of. Send me this yes. stack. <laughs> yeah, I used to, I used to smash back off. Oh, sorry, wow, caramel ones. And then, like when there was That's a little so bit good. of fat, so you get your little bit of peanut butter on top, and it was. Oh yeah, like, five grams of peanut butter on top of your rice cake. <laughs> smooth, smooth peanut That's butter. That's like heaven. So Make sure there was no like it didn't rip anything out. And I always eat crunchy, yeah. but for a rice cake, smooth peanut butter spread it just right was ideal. <laughs> yeah, but it's so good. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was like, wow, the amount of water that you'd have to take on board to get through those rice cakes. The thing I was is, like, you said you. that, and I, I That's, literally uh, had That's some tough them, going, and I was like. I, this is this has done nothing i need more yeah, like i, I ate them all more. no problem <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 this is the this is what i wanted people to get exposed to like these are the things that you don't necessarily see like we see the end product you know we see especially social media we see this like you know absolutely shredded you know and and stuff like this but it's the, yeah. it's the behind the scenes that's really you know, everything. What what kind of things did you find the hardest, Rob? Like, was it the food? Well, was it the things? Like, what what types of things did you back, so really struggle 2015, with? 
um, I was 26 then, 25, 26. And, you know, this is like peak to like going out, like friends doing stuff. So like mm. I, I was diligent when it comes to, like Chloe said, like I would still go out and I would have my Diet Cokes and my Diet Sprites and all that lot. And I would be fine. And, but w when it comes to the last two months, that was when I pretty much just said, oh, I, I'm not going out. Like, as you said, with the energy stuff, it's just like the sleep impacts and all that lot. I just, it just then didn't become worth it. So the hardest thing for me, I found was more just the energy to train because I was trying to PT at the same time. My business took an absolute nosedive and I... Wow. It was actually, I got very close to then leaving the industry because I was just like, I'd put everything into this and I just, I was just, I couldn't do it. And it was just like, thankfully, obviously with there was my missus kind of was just like, look, crack on, look, look we, if you need to, we, at the time I was living with her parents uh, right before we moved out and it was, it was really challenging time. So for me, the energy side of things, trying to keep up with training, trying to keep up with clients, the early mornings. The late finishes at the time. And for me, the, yeah, I think it was the energy side of stuff because for me, training is what it was about. Like the whole, like bodybuilding is like yeah. the display of your training and the display of everything that you do. And when you then can't do that thing that you do and you're just like, and I don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting to build muscle. I'm not expecting to get stronger, but I'm expecting to still put some kind of effort out. And when that starts to come, you then start to then doubt yourself and you're like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? And like, there's that trophy yeah. just there, which is literally the only thing I've got from that, which I come second place. So like, I, 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 I did, my heart, think, mate. You know, I got the invitation to the finals, which is, I guess that's what you got, Chloe, with yours. You got the invitation to the, the next step mm. because, but then that was a decision I had to make. I was like, am I going to go through this for another three months? And I was like, Nah, I can't. Because I was going to America. We had a trip to America plans and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not dying now in America. Yeah. What? Because I've always been an advocate of kind of putting myself through things. Because it's, I've, um, I, I love people because I like to understand the struggles that they've gone through. And for me, it's very easy to say to someone, right, calorie deficit, do this, you will get in shape. And then when they're saying, look, I'm really struggling, da, 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 da. And I say, look, I've now taken myself to the extreme. I understand the thing when you're looking and you're sniffing a chocolate bar thinking that is sufficient. All I need is that smell. I just need something. And for me, having the, the fact that I've been there has always been a nice way to be able to talk to clients to say, look, for me, I felt these struggles and all the times I've dieted ever since. I've always been able to relay back to that one and say how far I've been. And I've got myself pretty lean since then, but yeah. never bodybuilding lean. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic insight, mate. Um, Chloe, what's the, what things is as the dieting down to, to this in your first show and then kind of going on to it? Like, how has it impacted like mood and sleep? Like Rob mentioned it there, the impact on sleep. Like, how has it affected? I'm going to talk about energy levels, but other things that mm. people might not necessarily kind of think about has you noticed any other effects um my i'm always i'm a bit of a princess about my sleep like i definitely always get really good sleep but sometimes you i think your levels of like anxiety and things do come up a little bit because when you're in that low of a yeah. deficit those kind of things creep up but you don't notice them until they manifest themselves in things like waking up at three in the morning like your body's like let's go and you're like 
why i don't want to go anywhere and also waking up hungry has happened a couple of times not not a huge amount of times i know some people suffer with it a bit more but waking middle up hungry, of the, like middle of the night up, yeah literally middle of the night waking up like i need to eat um waking in the morning first thing i think the mood the mood thing is probably it's you don't realize it, you're just you just feel quite low sometimes um, and this is not all, it's just sometimes, but it's enough that you notice it. So, you know, when you are training, like Rob mentioned about training, being just not enjoying training anymore, and you don't know why you get to the gym and it's like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here. And again, it's not all the time. It's just sometimes, but you really notice it. Um, like I was on, the, it's always a leg extension and I just, <laughs> I couldn't, you can't even lift 50% of your weight and you just cry. And I'm like, why am I crying on the leg extension in the gym? <laughs> and everyone's looking at you. And when well, no one's actually looking at you, but you think everyone's like, why yeah. are you crying on the leg extension? And it's just, yeah. and you don't know what, and you can't get yourself out of it. And normally we would be like, go and eat some food. And it's like, can't even have any food. It's, and it's just, yeah. it's that, but it's not, it's not all the time. Like the whole process is, you know, if people listen to that, they'd be like, oh, well, why are you doing it? The whole process is incredible, but mm. you do get these low things. I find as well, um, in terms of you start to walk a bit slower. Um, like you can't yeah. friends when you're out for walks. Um, and your brain just stopping. In my peak week, I drove to Asda and it was an Asda I hadn't been to before. Got out of my car and I could not find the entrance to Asda. Like you walk around <laughs> like a zombie, you have no idea where you are. And your brain is like, people ask you a question and you're like, a bleh, a bleh. like yeah. you yeah. can't talk. I've definitely noticed that. I've never noticed that just like not, just, yeah, no one's saying I've noticed it with you, but I'm saying I noticed it with me. Um, yeah. The, the, all of these little things, I think it's, it's something that people know, maybe not aware of. Like say your body's naturally going to slow down its metabolism when you start to kind of diet down for an extended period of time. So you walk less, you want to move less. Um, but you also like the immune function. Did any of you get sick during this? I did. Did you ever feel I, ill? I did. No. But my, okay, that's good. I was, that's I, great. Yeah, I was really, really surprised about that. That because that was something I was told you're quite likely to. Um, but yeah. my uh, libido just disappeared. I had, I had no interest. I was just like, I, I can barely, as I walk, let alone try and get going. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, ain't yeah, it's not happening, mate. I mean, that is something that again, is, is, is really common. And I think, because you were 26 as well, yeah. you know, like you say, like, you know, you're not 45 or, you know, it, it's something that, that you shouldn't necessarily have an issue with this. This is something that we, you know, we see a lot with people that train a lot. Mm. So if you're combining training a lot with an extended period of a calorie deficit, then it is going to impact your sex drive. You know, it is going to impact your mood. Um, it's it's and it's going to impact your immune function and it's it's really hard it's really hard to then trust and stick to the process isn't it so when i asked you about all oh, of you had a coach i think it's nigh on impossible for people to do this by themselves without any accountability yeah. without any kind of guidance yeah. with it chloe you you've got a coach and a, a nutrition coach and coaching one they've been both uh, yeah, they do everything. So yeah. it's one coach and then they do they do meal plan, training, everything. So everything lines up together. Yeah, great stuff. Because you mentioned it to me the other day, having this and, and going through this process, you both said this, it was incredible. Mm. And do you think it's impacted the way that you coach? Like you said, Rob, about it. You, you said about 
understanding what the client goes through. Chloe, you said about having a coach and how that's helped you kind of become a bit, a bit better of a coach. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. say for me, it was... No, go on, go on, go on. Oh, no, I just agree. I think you do, it makes you kind of reassess what you are like as a coach and you look at your, because you see yourself as a client and you're like, okay, well, how would I feel if my coach said this to me? And it kind of just makes you reassess that, doesn't it? Mm. When it comes to the, having a coach in general, like it, it just gave me the confidence and the one less thing to think about when it comes to yeah. especially getting towards show day and then the day itself like that day is a stress in itself but for me having the uh, i'd say the the whole going through the process and being able to understand what clients are going through just meant that when they had the struggles i was able to talk to them on a level and that's what most most people just want to yeah. talk to them and they don't even necessarily need the answer they've got the answer they just want to talk and they want to talk with a professional that they know that's got their best interest, hopefully out in heart. And that for me has always been, and also the photos, right? I can, even though I don't put them up, but you know, I can look back and say, well, now I've seen them. I've seen them, mate. You look, you look insane, Nick. When, like, when I go back. I haven't I was, seen I them. I, I need to see. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. It was, it is, but it's so funny because I would do it again. But I don't think I'd physically be able to do it again because of my life and having Chloe and just, and the, the, the as Chloe mentioned there with the selfishness, like I couldn't yeah. do that to my family now because back then it was basically just myself with the missus. I, yeah. I had that freedom. I had that flexibility and the way it impacted my business, I could not let that happen now. So I have too many things at risk for yeah. essentially for what so because i've done it before i don't need to prove to myself i can do it again however it's it how to get into this a little bit but it has distorted my self uh, um how lean i think i need to be or that's massively it is really that's yeah. physically that's scarred me since 2015 yeah yeah that that's that's a point i'm going to come on to that and and relationship with food mm. um but something that personally I've noticed it as well. Like if you've been super lean, then lean to you isn't lean to the next person. Yeah. When I was cycling to Spurs, I was cycling basically from South London to North London mm. every day. And I, I could eat what I wanted because yeah. I was literally, I was cycling a thousand kilometers a, d a month and training on top of that. I couldn't eat enough. I literally didn't have enough time in the day. So I got really lean, but that was just naturally because I was, it was my commute. It didn't impact my day because i had to get to work um now a little bit body fat because can't be bothered for two weeks three weeks whatever for me people still go oh you're you know you're lean mm -hmm. but it's it's not even how i look it's how i feel yeah. i think that's the biggest thing that i think like i don't really care I, if i didn't if i felt good i wouldn't really matter what i actually looked like um it's that when you've been that lean and mm -hmm. stuff it's really really hard um, so we're now like you've got that internal struggle, like with kind of always wanting to be a little bit leaner and stuff. And now you're doing powerlifting. Talk to us about that. Like how, what are you, is that a shift now to just come away from that body composition and just focus on more like performance-based metrics? Uh, I'd love to say, yeah, uh, <laughs> this is, yes, but no, yeah, but no, no, for me, it's just powerlifting is, is a thing to just to kind of 
again, to tick off a certain few things because I, I am a man of like to do everything. And I like to put myself into And you're a strong dude, well, Rob. You're a very strong yeah, dude. Yeah, like, relatively. This is... And it's like, I, I like to, I've, I'm, I've, I love the fact for me personally, I've dived into so many different things and kind of been able to just give it a go and experience things because I've, I'm, I may have been able to go perfect, like to a professional level in something if I really tried, but I wasn't a sporty kid. And then I didn't really get into any real sports slash lifting until I was, I say, 16 plus. So mm. for me, it was like, I'm just catching up what everyone else was doing when they were kids. So I, I much prefer being able to be a jack of all trades rather than just really, really good at one thing, which is why I love CrossFit, because it, it gave yeah. me the ability to be a jack of all trades and also be strong and kind of fit. And that, that yeah. was really good for me. But yeah, it's... um. Yeah. It's it's tough, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Like that psychology element, it, it carries over throughout now. Like you can't, you can't get away from it because you've been through that process. Yeah. Um, and also, it, cause, it, sorry, just on that, it's like the, when I look at myself now and I look at myself through the years, I even look, I, um, I had a photo of myself. I went on holiday to Ibiza right before actually, um, Hannah got pregnant, probably about 2017. And I looked at myself and I was like, I weighed like 92 kilos. And I was like, geez, that was 92 kilos. I was like, I want to get back to that. And so for mm. me, I, I, I have this, I still have this perception of, because when I stepped on stage, I was 86. So, and then to, when I looked back at the IB for fight and I was say like 92, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm happy with that physique. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's now the thing of, it's just, I think, you know, when you said about, do you really care? It's more about how you feel. Like I feel relatively good. Like yeah. I would like to be a little bit leaner because I do know, I really hate the saying, but do you remember the one back in the day that nothing tastes as good as skinny feels that like re really <laughs> way back. It was like a, a model yeah. of some sort, right? For me, it's a terrible saying. However, yeah. when you're lean, you feel like, when you're lean and got yeah. energy, you feel the best. Yeah. And it's, and yeah. that, that is, I think, a, that's why it was packaged incorrectly when it was said, but the, if you have been lean and you feel good, yeah. you feel unstoppable. Yeah, I do agree That's with that so because, um, not with that. Yeah. Like you say, not with that quote, but like getting to a level of leanness mm -hmm. that you feel comfortable with, that isn't extreme. It doesn't impact your social life, your family life, your business. And being able to maintain it without having to be extreme. I think it, it like lean can be whatever, yeah. whatever that means. It could be 11%. It could be 13% depending on how big you are. Um, it's one thing that I do because I'm like, you know, I, I always need to get a bit stronger to get better at CrossFit because I'm relatively okay at the gymnastics side of things, but I just don't feel good when I try to put on a little bit of yeah. weight. Cause I know that I need to put on a bit of body fat. Um, and I'm, it stops my progress. But I don't care. I would rather feel good. And like you say, for me, it's just finding that balance. I think that's definitely something that people really need to try to hone in rather than chasing, oh, I'll only feel good if I'm single figures. Yeah. Like, I don't, I know very few people that maintain single figures, like, um, if any. Yeah. It's really, think, unless your lifestyle is set up to maintain a low body fat, it's really challenging as well. Yeah, um, I, I feel when just with the the weight side of things, because I've recently done a powerlifting competition and I said to myself, 
do you know what? I'm just going to go in at whatever weight. I'm, I don't care about the weight class. I'm literally just going to go in. And the weight class was 100 kilos plus, and I come in at 102. So I was the lightest in the class. It wasn't, there wasn't many in the class anyway, not natural athletes. Um, and even though I felt strong, I felt really, really good. But I felt terrible because I felt really slow. I felt sluggish. And, yeah. I, and I said to myself, and I said to Hannah, I was like, I, the next competition I do, I'm coming down. Like I hate, yeah. I, I, I would happily lose a little bit of strength and feel better than yeah. I just felt bloated, slow. And that's not who I am as a person. I don't like to feel it because it was in, it, it rather than it was going the other way, right? I was not lean. I was in, yeah, yeah. and I mean, I was exactly fat, but I was just like, yeah. I just felt slow and sluggish and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough getting the balance, mate. It's really, really hard. But it's, it's fantastic insight. Chloe, on like the impact of what this journey has taught you, like how has it affected like your we talked about like the body fat levels, but how has it affected your relationship with food? The way that you look at food? Like is it has it been a positive thing at times or or has there been kind of negative um you know, times with it? Um so I I feel pretty good with it. I mean I've had loads of issues in the past with my food, right? And I've definitely like, you yeah. know, had lots of times when, you know, I used to binge eat and, you know, I had, I would restrict food and I would then overeat and go up and down, try all these crazy diets. And I used to be actually super lean, but not because I was training for a goal, just because I thought I had to be lean. And that was a result of disordered eating. So the difference between then and now, the fact yeah. I'm training for a goal, I think has actually helped my relationship with food because the difference is that now I understand that I'm literally being lean for a specific goal. And when I'm done with my goal, I will not be that lean anymore. I'm like, I'm really excited to put on some muscle mass and put on a little bit of weight and lift heavier. Yeah. Um, so I think having there and not just being like, well, I just need to be lean because I have this pressure or that we're putting on ourselves to be lean. I think having the goal there makes a huge amount of difference. I find with the actual yeah. food itself, I definitely, I think it's okay to be the kind of person that's like, I actually enjoy eating similar foods and I enjoy eating wholesome foods that make me feel good. Because as Rob said, those things make you feel good. Like when, you know, when I'm eating a load of food that's maybe not quite so nutrient dense, there's nothing wrong with eating those foods. But when I eat those, I don't feel as good as I do when I'm eating, you know, more wholesome foods. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So feet again, feeling at your best is so important. I definitely, I, I don't think that we ever just suddenly fix ourselves in terms of our relationship with food. And I still sometimes like stand next to the cupboard and think, oh, I really want some peanut butter or whatever. And like you think about mm. food and you notice food and like someone's having a cookie and you're like, mm, that looks good. But there's a difference between kind of like, you know, accepting and like accepting that that is how you feel and being like, this is why I feel like that. And it's okay. It doesn't make me like a, a bad person or I've, I'm wrong or anything like that. Um, Not at all. But I like having things like a refeed in there and allowing myself, like I intentionally have things now that I perhaps before I would be like, well, okay, I'm going to be on prep. So for the whole of the prep, I cannot have anything that I slightly enjoy. But on a refeed day, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go and get a cookie. Just because it's like, well, mm. if you can have that thing in there, and you're still moving towards your goal, then have it. I'm not saying I have cookies every single day, but like every now and then having something in there that you, you know, 
is you enjoy give benefits you more in the long run um yeah for me it's actually probably helped my relationship with food if anything that's a that's an amazing insight because i think there is such negative from the outside there's such negative like look or or kind of connotations of well the bodybuilding diet or getting that lean means that you're just going to eat like hardly anything and it's going to be like super low nutrients because it's just super plain and you know that's it was actually nowadays you said bob whole food mm. diet that got you that yeah. lean co again like i think you've said i've seen you seen you some of the meals that you're making and everything you know there's a volume you know voluminous like veggies and salad and good protein and you know you're removing all of the stuff that potentially isn't good for us so i don't think it's you know i, I think there can be can be a slippery slope down to a negative relationship with food um if you're not aware you said like i stand in the cupboard sometimes and look but you're aware of that you've you know you're like well i, I know that this is just something that's going to pass and because i'm hungry but actually the, the the foundation to your diet's really good and yeah towards the end you have to be in a bit more of an aggressive deficit but there's quite a short period of time that you're really in that kind of like more aggressive state so that that's a really good insight that it's actually made it positive for you um that's awesome stuff after the show what happened for you how did you transition out of it <laughs> there wasn't a transition <laughs> via free pieces <laughs> it was actually uh, i um then in the way back i got three domino's pizzas uh ben and jerry's three. and domino's cookies and um three yeah, oh, domino's so was, mad yeah they were they were just right and nice. um yeah and i got and it's 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 so so funny because i look at myself and obviously i've got all the tan on and stuff like that but the the punk that i got without even training like i might like, i just got jacked and fully vasodilated it was it was amazing i looked unreal but the blow oh the stomach was in pain but the yeah. um it's funny because it was at the time i honestly thought okay cool like you know i've managed to diet down I, i've got this great understanding of kind of what I have ability to do and I was like right I'm going to get back on my like um uh um do you do uh, not refeed uh oh um your reverse diet reverse diet that's the one so coming back out of it and it was like right reverse diet out and I was like right I'm going to get back on it and I just find myself slipping just oh I just put this in doesn't matter I put this in doesn't matter next thing you know I'm comfortably sitting a good 10 kilos heavier than I said on stage. And I was like, Jesus. And then I'm trying to diet to get it back down a little bit. I was like, yeah. so then, then it was, and it was, it was funny because that was for me, um, where the slippery slope kind of come because it was, I found myself then telling myself off essentially for eating things yeah. that offered a reverse diet or going off of my plan. And because I was like, because I then had achieved my goal. And I said to myself, I'm not going to be um, doing the finals because America, I was like, then it was always just, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm going to America, so I'm going to be eating there anyway. And I was just always finding these excuses. And then I'd get really annoyed at myself that I was making excuses. And it was this, this, this internal like dialogue of just, you you shouldn't be doing that. And then just like, oh, it doesn't matter. And it was like, and it was, and I, I bet, oh, rip those, that, those, that exact dialogue yeah. today. So, you know, yeah. it's... It's crazy, but the thing is, it's funny because when you mentioned to Chloe the thing of being able to identify when you're standing at the cupboards and stuff like that, and it's just like sometimes I ask myself, is that would I be better to be blissfully unaware because I am so conscious of these like standing at the cupboard 
with the peanut butter and saying to myself, don't do it. And then I do it and I just think, ah, oh, Rob, what are you doing? You know, what little are bit, you doing? A little bit of knowledge is dangerous, isn't it? Mm. I always say this to, to, to my missus. I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do nutrition as an undergrad <laughs> um, because <laughs> who I knew now, like, you know, the two subways a day and the Chicago town pizzas <laughs> for dinner would, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, but Chloe, you, obviously you got a couple more shows now, but I think it's really healthy the way that you talk about, I'm looking forward to getting in a little bit, putting a little bit more food in. I'm looking forward to gaining a little bit more strength because it's really challenging to get strong on a bodybuilding diet. Mm. Um, so having that next step, I think if anyone is going to go through this journey, I think it's really essential. And whether that's having a next step to go to another show or to, to go up a weight class, for example, if it's, if it's weight dependent. Uh, might be a nice health option or to switch things to more performance-based metrics. I think for me, that's definitely something that is essential to have that next step rather than like the goal, the end goal is the show. God, what happens afterwards? I yeah. think you've got to have that next step. I think it, that's that's crucial. People can do that. And then they're going to be on the right path. Yeah, definitely. Um, pin it up. I know this is a bit of a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. Um, um is the cost of getting lean worth oh oh that's yeah that's a good a good question Oof. um it's one of the it's a no can be done because we're talking about nutrition so we can always say it depends because that's what everything everything um it, yeah it does depend say it from different like aspects like for me i love training for a goal and i love i'm very competitive and i want to stand on that stage and i want to win and i want to dominate and i want to be there so for me yes it will be worth it whether i win whether mm. i come last whether i whatever happens it's worth it because i've worked really hard however there's also the side of if you're asking in general is being lean worth it if you're putting the pressure on yourself to just be super super lean for no reason because I've been there. I remember when I first met you and started working with PH, I was just lean for no reason because yeah. I felt I had to be. That yeah. is not worth it because it ruins it ruins your body, it ruins your health and your mindset. So think about why you're doing it. What is the goal? How lean do you need to be for your goal and for your sport? And I think, yeah, so there you go. It depends. <laughs> I see, yeah. Um, and Robert, well, just to kind of wrap here, like what takeaways or warnings would you give people? Um, if they if they are doing it, maybe echo in some of what Chloe said yeah, there. Yeah, for me, like doing something like a bodybuilding show, or like I think it's such an interesting journey, and I think it's a unique exposure to it's it's a unique exposure to different um battles that you can have for yourself over a period of time, say six months, and to witness it yourself the roller coaster that you go through. And to take note, like I've got a couple of like I did some uh, YouTube vlogs, and I watched back the uh, my peak week ones, and I love, I really love looking back, and I I do not um, regret. Do and even if I have may have had any negative implications coming out from there, like from the mindset side of stuff, for me it was always worth it because it's a period of my life where I look back and I say like I worked really hard for that goal, just like Chloe said, and like. I think where you both mentioned there about having the goal coming out of the show, that was what I didn't have. And that was mm. what was then my hardest struggle because it was then just, I had literally all the intent and focus on this one day to compete and provide the best thing I can do. And then, and then it was free reign. And I'm just like, and I always class like 
I, I always have this saying with clients and I was like, I become a nine or an 86 kilo Rob, but I was still a hundred kilo Rob mindset. So I still yeah. had the tendencies of how to eat and stuff like that. And because it was an, an educational journey to get that lean, it was a, a goal engine my the habits the way I eat or anything it was just me eating a certain way to achieve a certain goal so I wasn't necessarily educating myself fully but going through that route it has educated me the struggles and now whenever I do go into a dieting phase or anything like that I am already um I'm already aware as I'm going to be asking myself so yeah. that for Very yeah quick. and that, that for me that's why I'm in, I, I think it's so important for I think Unless you're someone that's naturally lean and you just don't feel you ever need to die, you just need to put on some size. But I think at some point, I think it's really good for people to challenge themselves in one way or another physically, either putting on some size in a lean a lean game way or losing some body fat because just because it's it's something you can do yourself and that and you yeah. have full control over and whether you then choose to say have your drinks or have your pizza and stuff like that. That's down to you, but you know, deep down, you're taking yourself further away from the goal that you're trying to hit. And for me, that's a, that's a unique insight of getting lean. And that's why I think, I think it is worth it. I really do. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, guys. I think the reason why I wanted to get this podcast out there is to showcase to people the journey, the things behind the scenes that actually you have to go through, like you said, a roller coaster to get to that end goal. Now, Sometimes it's worth it. And, and both of you have taken some really positive things out of it. But again, it doesn't need to be getting super lean. It doesn't need to be getting down to doing a body competition, a body uh, building competition. It could be dropping four, five, six kilos and challenging yourself to sit, to hit that goal and get down to, like I say, feeling good to a, to a level. I think, like I say, challenging yourself and putting a goal in place and putting a system in place and following that and being accountable to it. Okay, it's a, it's a really empowering thing, isn't it? Because when you do, you get there, you're like, oh man, I achieved that. That's that's really good. So then you learn, you, you, you learn along that journey. And what I wanted to say to people that are listening here is that if you're going to do it, crack on, but do it in the correct way. Get someone that's gone through the process and that understands what to do. Get a coach that's been through it. We don't work with many people, PH, with, with this. So get someone that's done it. And commit to the process. Because if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. Like you said, when you first did that show, it was here, there and everywhere. And you were listening to all of the different things and whatever. And you can get a little bit lost. And then that's probably where you're going to waste two to three months and get a bit frustrated. Whereas if you do it properly, commit to it, get a system in place like Chloe's done, like you did second time. I think, like you said, there's some real positives that can be taken out of it. But just have that next step. And I think it's, I think it's something that, that then you can then you can crack on however you want but guys thank you so much that was really good um thanks for you what's next on the uh doing the power we've got a powerlifting end of no start of november and that will be right before we have our second kid so our second kid is due to start of january yeah so congrats it's a perfect opportunity oh, for me to kind of end end myself in the training aspect to really peak myself because i've got a couple of physical goals that I want to try and achieve in that me and I've give, I'm going to give this prep a proper go and uh, yeah so that's Great. the next step fantastic and um, if anyone wants to, to listen to Rob he's got a podcast with Ash Grossman called the London Lift Podcast 
um myself and chloe have actually been on so um definitely head over mm-hmm. to apple spotify wherever you get podcasts and, and download that some super interesting stuff on there and chloe what, what, what's next for you you got the ne- next show in a few few weeks time eight weeks weeks out now so yeah next one so i've still got you know i've still kind of got a decent amount of time it's not quite close enough yet it's still yeah, yeah it's uh, mm. just ticking along still stuff uh everyone thank you so much for listening um if you do have time and rate and share the podcast um much appreciated uh, and for any further information or anything you want to cover or want us to cover on the podcast head over to the instagram um at, and thank you for so much for lasting this long on the podcast if you've got here and guys thank you very much and we'll see you on the next episode cheers thank you hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 